Amen. Derek asked me probably three or four weeks ago if I would speak, um, which I completely understand. Uh, camp is is a hard thing um, for any kind of leader to go, even even for our counselors and stuff that, that go along and, and help out and just uh, love on kids, uh, pray around kids, um, just be with the kids and, and, and let them um, see, uh, you know, an awesome example in the way that our leaders live their lives, in, uh, especially in the camp atmosphere. But um, Derek's got a huge role in this camp. Uh, him and Daniel has been uh, putting it on or um, leading it, directing it for the past several years, uh, something that they grew up in doing. Uh, or being a part of themselves, um, but I couldn't imagine, you know, having to, to um, just pour everything into that and then also come, you know, trying to prepare and come back on Sunday to to, um, to preach and all that good stuff because I have a hard enough time preaching, um, having um, three weeks in advance to, to think about what God wants me to talk about. <laughs> but um, in, in, in leading up to this, uh, uh, the, the song that we just sang, New Wine, is... is uh, probably one of my favorite songs to just listen to um, when I'm by myself to just worship, you know, in my, my own, t- own alone time, uh, sitting in my office. Um, there's, there's many times I'll be upstairs, I'll have my guitar in my home office, sitting in my chair, have my guitar just singing, and I'm bent over, and I'm not even singing, but just playing music, playing notes, or listening to music. And um, I get so involved in it, and, and it's like my physical body is numb while my, my spiritual body is just, you know, on fire and moving. And, and in the moment, um, while my, my, my physical body is numb, um, I, I oftentimes drool because I got my mouth open, and I'm just like, and in case anybody saw it, I'm going to go ahead and step out. I, I had a moment back here. There's a little wet spot right here, and I went, you know, just lick my lip real quick. I was in it. Megan did an amazing job. Um, she's, she's, they, uh, she's, um, she's, she's back with us. She, she had to take a break for a little while. She got a job and, and um, she was having to work Sunday mornings. She got promoted. So uh, praise God for that. But with that promotion also came Sunday mornings off. So she's able to uh, join back up with us and sing it. She's got a, a beautiful voice, a beautiful heart, and, and a desire to serve God. And um, I look forward to seeing what God's going to do in her life. Um, but in, in the song, New Wine, um, it speaks to me personally about our life cycle. And, and in our life cycle, today I want, I want to compare it to, to grapes as, as in the song, um, New Wine. Oftentimes, um, grapes are um, delicious, but they're not always um, ready whenever you go to the vine. In 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 Scripture, um, you know the old the Old Testament or the Old Covenant is is separated from the from the New Testament, the New Covenant, um, which which signifies the Holy Spirit. Who is among us, and as as Gray read, and it's funny. I, I told him this morning. I said, "You need to find some scripture to read um, before we we go back into worship um, with the church uh, after announcements." And he was like, "Okay." He kind of got a, a little sweat bumps coming out and 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 a little nervous. And I said, "Don't worry. Just you know, let the Lord lead you and just find something." Um, and the scripture I was going to read coming out of that song just to to kind of. Um, to boost this up a little bit or talk about it a little bit was Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, um, which is what he read 
about the, the Holy Spirit coming in and, 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 and filling everybody, and they started speaking in different languages and stuff. And, and the cool thing about that scripture is, is the people were so on fire with God and speaking in different languages. The people who were, who were on the outside looking in that wasn't a part of what they were involved in or what they were experiencing, they were pointing at them and laughing at them and ridicule them and even conf- um, um, said, hey, them, them people are drunk. Like they, they've had way too much wine to drink. A lot of times when I am worshiping, whether it's in my, my home um, or in here, you know, you could look at me and, and, and say, wow, there's something going on with him. Or even, you know, up here on the stage, Gray talked about running around, moving around a little bit. Um, I know this, this beautiful lady over here, she gets a little excited when she worships. For me personally, that gets me even more fired up. When, 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 when me as, as a worship leader or somebody who is up here on a stage and singing and, 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 and trying to praise myself, I'm not doing it to entertain anybody up here. I'm doing it to sing praises and lift up my Father. I'm not even entertaining Him because He's in front of all of us. And so when we can come together and, and y'all get excited too, that's just more people that's getting excited and, and on fire. And I wish that we could all become come to the place where if somebody new comes into these doors, they come in here and be like, wow, they, got, they, they must be passing out something in the back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seeing the Holy Spirit come into this, into this place. And a lot of times when we hear the word Holy Spirit, we get scared because it's like, you know, wow, we going we going into a different realm of things. But the Holy Spirit is the new wine. It's it's our ability to have Jesus a part of our every single day life, no matter what we go through, what we're doing, whether it's in the crushing and the pressing, or when things are smooth sailing. Our our our, our insides are exploding with the goodness of who God is. Um. I want to. Um, I, I've been I've been studying through Job and reading Job um, for the past I don't know couple months. Um, really, more so breaking down the conversations um, between Job, his three friends, and and even God. And I had this conversation with Troy the other day. Um, he 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 said that's one of his favorite books of the Bible. We went and had breakfast together, and um and I said, well, that's interesting. That's what I'm gonna talk about on Sunday. And you know, he as he talked and he talked about his favorite parts of the 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 um the the book. I'm like, yeah, you're gonna be disappointed on Sunday because that's like the sermon pretty much. I didn't say that, but he, he just kind of like, we're on the same page. So it's a good thing. But I, I really like Job because Job connects us all together. Um, not, not necessarily, you know, together one-on-one, but it connects with us in the way that we live our life and how we live our life and, and what goes on in our life. Because Job, um, was, he was a man of God. Um, he had um, many children, uh, a wife, uh, a large family. He had um, a lot of um, livestock. It goes in here. His, his estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very large number of servants. And a great, he was the greatest man among all people. He was a man of God. He was a God-fearing God, and it says he was a man of, of integrity. Um, Job's 
to me would be somebody that I look up to as far as um, a, a mentor in my life or, or someone like my, my grandfather, who was a pastor as well. Um, he um, is, is always, it's always like his heart is for other people, not for himself. But he has a desire to see more people um, fall in love with Jesus Christ and not, not caring about what the world thinks around him, but stepping up and saying, you know what, it's about my God and not about me. And, and Job, I'm, I'm going to read through this, and it's, it's um, a, a long book, or it's an easy read, short book, but, but it, it can get long as far as the conversations go. So, but I'm going to introduce it talking about um, Job and, and a couple tests that he encounters um, from um, a man named Satan. Uh, we're going to start in Job uh, chapter 1, verse 6. It says, One day the sons of Job came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, also with them, the Lord asked Satan, where have you come from? He said, from roaming through the earth and walking around on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Just to make it clear, if, if I was a man of integrity, um, you know, I... I I really wouldn't have a desire, you know, I would think, you know, want to feel good about myself, but I would never in any stretch of imagination want God to be so proud of me that he would, he would say, devil, have you considered my servant Dale? I mean, that, 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 that's like a tough moment in life. Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself, so Satan left um, the Lord's presence. So God gave Satan permission to go into Job's life and wreak havoc, pretty much. Satan's like, okay, I'm going to try to make this man of God, this man of integrity, who is God-fearing, turn his mind away, turn his life away from God and, and his, his foundation of who God is in his life. In verse 13, it says, One day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking uh, wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, the, the Sabians swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to you to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, God's fire fell from heaven. It burned the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. That messenger was still speaking when it, yet another came and reported, The Chaldeans formed three bands, made a raid on the camels, and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, and it collapsed on the young, the young people so that they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up. He tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshiped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right there, I can honestly say, if, if 
something happened to my two children, I don't know that the first thing that I do would be to fall to my knees and say, praise God. This is this is like the part that I love about this 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 book right here is the way that it, it describes Job and the way that he does live his life and the way that he ad, ad, adores God with his life. For me personally, I I, I don't ever want to have to go through that situation. But I remember uh, a point when I was in youth group, um, it was shortly after uh, Columbine, or a few, couple years after Columbine, and, and, and my youth pastor had sit us out, or he was given a, a lesson one Wednesday night, and he, he asked us, he said, if, if somebody were to come and put a gun to your head and ask you, do you believe in God, would you say uh, yes? And if you said yes, you'd be shot. For me personally... In the moment, any, anybody in this room would say, yeah, I'd say that. But we haven't been faced with the situation where we've been tested, and, and, and we have to say, you know what? I love God. I serve God. I'm for God no matter what happens in my life. The, the thought of, of having to, to go through what Job has gone through here um, is, is a terrifying thought. But at what point in our life are we, are we willing to, to, to say, you know what, I am, I'm not concerned about what I have here on earth because all of my life is devoted to what I have after I leave this earth. And, the, and then what he said there at the end, he says, um, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Man, we come into this earth with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing. So for us to hold um, these, these things that we have in front of God, idolizing the things around us or the, the, the th- people of this world even, is distracting us from who we are as we live and, and develop and, and, and build our relationship with Jesus Christ, with that Holy Spirit that we talked about just a few minutes ago. In, in Job chapter 2, Satan um, goes for another test. It says, One day the sons of God came again to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. He still remains in his integrity even though you incited me against him to destroy him for no good reason. Skin for skin, Satan answered the Lord, A man will give up everything he owns in exchange for his life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. Verse 6, very well, the Lord told Satan, he is in your power. Only spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and infected Job with terrible boils from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery to scrape himself while he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. You speak as a foolish woman speaks, he told her. Should we accept only God from God and not adversity? Throughout all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. From here, throughout the scripture, and I encourage you, if you've, if you've never read the book of Job, it, it, it is um, 
a, a very good read, and it is and it, one. It's God's word, but it's very, very relatable in the in the way that um, we all encounter um, adversities in life. Um, the next part of this, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep reading because um, we could I could read through this all morning if you wanted to, but. Job sits and he he mourns you know all of his loss and he he mourns his pain uh, as he sits there with boils. You know it's got to be pa- painful situation where you're taking uh, broken pottery and, and scraping your skin. But there's there's three friends of his that come to to talk to him, and as they as they approach him, uh, they they see him from a distance and they they they. they the way that the the Bible described it, it's kind of like they they act in a fool. Um, uh, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show. You, I'm gonna read it to you. They met together to go with him uh, and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they looked from a distance, they could barely recognize him. They wept aloud, and each man tore his robe and threw dust in their uh, into the air and on his head. They sat on the ground with with him for seven days and nights. Um, I, I see this like three men just like throwing dirt up in the air, going around like, oh, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. You know, if 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 I was in a a, a bad situation, the last thing that I, I you know I would feel comfort from was seeing um, Troy and and two of my other friends coming from a distance throwing dirt up in the air. Um, but that it was their 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 symbolism of we're 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 here to console you. Wherever you're at, we want to be there with you because we want you to know that, that we love you. And, and they sat there, um, it says for se- seven days, um, not even speaking, just sitting there in the quiet, letting them know that, that he loves them. There was a, a video that I watched one time, a, um, a, a speaker, he, he said, um, he used the term sitting shiva, which is a, a time where, where you go to console someone and, and be there for them without even saying a word. You just sit there and let them know that you care about them, that you love them, and, and if they need anything, that, that they will be there. Um, next in the book of Job, it goes through um, several conversations where Job speaks to his friends, and then his friend speaks to him. And, and Job, um, throughout, you know, almost the entire book, he, he, he gets... Um, angry with God, he starts blaming God. Then his then his friends say, "Where are you at?" And his friends start turning his perspective on God, and he starts defending God. And 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 the friends are like, "Well, why would he do this?" And and it just keeps going back and forth and moving around. And 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 Job is is almost caught, you know, like cat got your tongue kind of thing. When when God comes into the conversation and he says, "Job." Like, where, what, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Where are you at? He said, you are, you are my servant. You are a man of God. And where were you when, 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 when the earth went through this? Um, I, w- I want to share a couple of, uh, of moments in my life where, where I felt like it was oppressing times or crushing times as, as Job has gone through um, as a man of God. I, I, I can honestly say that... Um, I'm probably nowhere near in my life where Job uh, was that whenever he, he encountered these times of hurt and pain in his life. Um, but one time, um, this is, this is going to get a, um, uh, a little personal because I wanted to share this. And that, that's what I like doing. I like getting personal because it's, it's real life um, that we go through. And, and a lot of times we come into church wearing masks and we don't want people to see who we are or what we've done um, because we're ashamed of it. But... Um, 
uh, it's it's good for us to come out, and that's what that's what the church is about, letting people know that we are real, we're true, and we serve a God who is bigger than any uh, circumstances that we could ever encounter or endure here on earth. Um, when I was, um, I'm gonna give three times in my life where I felt um, um, like it was it was a, a bit of a struggle. Um, first one that I could that I I remember where I I, I actually prayed to God. Um, because I was scared. Um, we, we lived down a, on a road called La Foresta across from Madison Elementary School. Um, my, my mom and dad, we, me and my brothers were outside playing, and I remember sitting on the front porch and my mom and dad pulling us together and, um, and telling us that, that my dad had um, thyroid cancer. And in that, that moment, it, it freaked me out. You know, as, as a 10-year-old kid, um, 10-ish, I was in like fifth grade, something like that, um, it, it terrified me. Like, cancer had never been heard in my family or, or in, anybody close to me, so I was just like, oh, my gosh, my dad's going to die of cancer. And in, in, the, in that moment, I remember going up to my room. Um, I had a room upstairs kind of in the back by itself, and, um, and there was this little wooden desk. You had to open the drawer to open other drawers, and I just remember sitting there, and, and I had a, a Bible that my youth pastor um, uh, I'm not a youth pastor. It was um, Ron Fields. He was he was a RA leader at um, Lankford, and I remember getting out that little blue Bible, and and I didn't even open it up, but I set it there on the on the bi- on the desk, and and just prayed. I said, God, I don't know what to do. My dad's sick. Will you help him? And I remember. At the, it felt like for the first time in my life, I, I, I called out to God and I reached out to God because I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't want to lose my dad. I mean, my dad, um, he's always been pretty good shape. You know, he was out there. I had me and two brothers, so there was three of us. He was the fourth, two-on-two basketball, two-on-two football. Um, I always, we always wanted him because obviously he was bigger um, until we got bigger and nobody wanted him. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, nah, he's he's still he's still a little fit. I can still take him on the golf course. Um, but in in that moment, I I, I didn't want to lose my dad. It was a scary time for me. Um, another another time was um, um, when I was 16 years old. I, we were living up here off of Sutherland Drive, and. My um, parents sat me and my brothers down in, my, in our living room and, and told us that they were going to be getting a, do- a divorce. Um, that one really rocked my world. And for the longest time, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't even want to face it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to. It was just a thing that was going to happen. And, and, and it kind of changed me a little bit. I went to school. Um, my, my course teacher, who I was really close to, she had she had heard from somebody or something like. She asked me about it. I said, "Oh, I'm fine. I don't. I, it's good. It's what it is." But I hid from it. I run from it. At that point in my life, there was no running to God. I didn't. I didn't go to God saying, "God, be with my mom and dad. I pray for them. Be with our family. Protect us. Love us." At that point, I just got angry and I left. I just kind of checked out. That's when I started making a few bad decisions, um, getting just hanging out, 
not caring as much. I went to church because that was routine. That's what we did. But being um, a Christian who was saved, I um, I didn't act like it. I didn't I didn't run to it. I was I was ashamed, um, in a way of of who I was, um, because I knew better. But at the same time, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to acknowledge that God was in this situation. Um, and a few years ago, um. Amber and myself, uh, we had Kylie, and um, we decided, hey, let's do another one, because two's a good idea, right? Um, it stops at two. Um, <laughs> we we decided that we were going to have another one, and 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 it was kind of quickly. It wasn't as quick with with uh, uh, the second one as it was with Kylie, but. Um, we, we got pregnant, and we got excited, and um, we went, they confirmed, yes, she's pregnant, and we went back for a 12-month, I mean 12 weeks, sorry, there's no 12 months in a pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we went back for 12 weeks, or I think it was more like 11 weeks, something like that. And um, we were sitting in the room, we are excited to get to hear the heartbeat, and uh, they put the ultrasound on her, and, and they're like, well, here, let's, let's try it down here, and they get nothing, let's try it down here, and they say, oh, maybe this, is, this, is, this machine is not going to pick it up, it could be on the back side, let's take you to another room. Um, we go into another room, and, and they, they try another one, and then they try another one, and, and um, you know, me and Amber's looking at each other like, their, their equipment sucks, you know? Um, but deep down inside, we knew we knew what was going on. And the doctor, she didn't say anything. She just looked up. And she said, "I'm sorry." And then in that moment, when you we feel like you, you've um, you've got something, and there's life, there's a heartbeat that you you know was there, but it's it's gone now. And in that moment, I hit it well. I didn't cry. I didn't do anything for about a week, and then I broke down because I couldn't, I couldn't hold it anymore. Um, Amber struggled with it, and it's something that, that a lot of people go through, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's, 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 it's a hard thing to go through. And I had heard, you know, a bunch of growing up, you know, people who had, who had lost babies, uh, had miscarriages, I was like, I'll just try again. Ain't no big thing. Just, just keep doing it. Um, when you have a child, um, or not even have a child. You spend any time, any any amount of time around a child. You understand. And you know um, how precious life is. I um. In in that moment, I I, I I went to God. And and it was not as much me asking God to to give us another baby. It was. God, will you comfort my wife? Let me comfort my wife. Let me be there for my wife and love on her, um, because she went through a whole lot more than I, than I did, and and I know it's a, a difficult thing, um, and a crushing moment, because it was crushing for me to hear doctors say, "I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. Your baby's dead." In these three stories, uh, what I, what I wanted to to get to. Um, was was we're all going to go through moments in life where we, where we feel um, 
like there's 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 crushing and there's pressing like in that song um during these times in, in the crushing in the pressing you are making new wine in in the, in these old times um in, in biblical times they had these these large rock pits um they'd fill it up with grapes and people would get in there and just stomp they'd go to town on it and it'd go through there and then and then um eventually it would it would drain down into a lower they call it a vat and then and then another one and it would just go through steps until it was very pure and it would sit there and sometimes they, it would sit there for 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 a few weeks at a time um as it as it got better let's just call it that um but but as as it goes through this process it it's it's taking something that is, that is small and, and some, a lot of times in, insignificant and turning it into something something great and that this is this is really um, what what shows what a great miracle God or Jesus turning uh, water into wine is. But as 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 God is working in the crushing, He's doing good things that a lot of times we don't even see, or we're too blinded by the things that are going on around us to realize that God is actually in what is happening in our life. I know there's a lot of times in my life where I've been around people who have who have died, or, or, or not around people who have died, but people who have lost loved ones who have died. And and I was I was with um, um, our the last pastor here. His name was Franklin. I was with him, and we went and um, visited a family. And there was another guy there who was visiting as well. And the other guy um, said, it, "It's okay. You just got to trust God. It's all part of His plan." And when somebody dies who is a loved one of that person the last thing what they want to hear is is it's it god did it but he loves you it's he's got a plan you know it's 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 the truth because god does have a plan but in in that moment they're like well then why in the world would he take this person away from me if he loves me and and then job he goes through this times in his life he was like well if i'm a man of god and, and god loves me why in the world is he going to make me go through all this stuff he took everything away from me he, he took my kids my servants all my livestock everything and he even allowed me to be covered from head to toe in in this this skin disease these boils they're painful why must i go through this And, and, and God answers here in, in, um, in, in uh, chapter 38, it says, Then the Lord answered to Job from the world when he said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I st- established the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who fixed its dimension? Certainly you know. Who stretched out a measuring line across it? What supports its foundations or laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who enclosed the sea behind doors and it burst from the womb when I made the clouds its garment and total darkness, darkness its blanket? When I determined its boundaries and put bars and doors in place, when I declared, you can come this far but no further, your proud waves must stop here. He goes on and on and on. Where were you when I did all this, when I created this? Like, like Troy told me the other day, Job is like a, a, a speck of sand in the midst of a humongous beach in the eyes of all the things that God has done in this world and done for us in this world. 
And at the end, when God gets through talking to Job and telling him all these things, Job's like, whoa, my bad. It opened his eyes and he realized this is just a moment. But I've got to trust and know that God is in control. See, for a lot of us, when, when we go through, go through um, crushing moments and pressing moments in life, we, we're, we're steered away from God because we feel like he's the blame of it. And you hear that a lot from people who aren't, who aren't um, always in church. I, I talked with some people who, um, um, it was a couple years ago, they, they were in and outers as far as church go. They'd come a week or they'd, they'd miss a couple weeks and they'd come. Um, if, it was, if it was raining and, and they couldn't go to the pool, they'd come to church because they, they didn't have nothing else to do. And, but, but whenever something happened in their life, they, they, would, they, would, they would say, what's going on in my life? What, what's happening with my kids? I'm like, how much of God are you pouring into their life? As a youth pastor, and, and Derek, me and him have talked about this many times before. You know, parents seem to think that it's, that it's our job for them to hear the gospel, and, and that's it. If the kids relied solely on me on Wednesday night to, 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 to read them the word and show them the word and guide them through their life, then of course they're going to fail because that's 30 minutes, 45 minutes out of, out of a whole week. When the parents are the ones that are supposed to be going home and saying, you know what, this is how you apply what Dale said. This is what we're going to do together. We're going to go into the Word together. We're going to do devotions together. We're going to see what God has in plan for us and in store for us. So when those pressing times come, those crushing times come, we can say, you know what, I want to fall on my knees and I want to see what God's plan is next, what he's got in store for me. In Job 42 it closes out, and and again, that this is just like a brief summary of what the book of Job is. I, I, I it's a great book. I had I had two students two weeks ago ask me, um, where what should I read? And I said, well, I'm reading this right now. I'll jump into it. It's good, and we can talk about it together. And and both of them are just like, this is good. Like the conversation area, it gets kind of like, whoa, he's angry, but it's it's it it's good. It's in verse 40, I mean, chapter 42, it says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything. This is after God said, where were you? He said, I know that you can do anything, and no plans of yours can be thwarted, you ask. So who is the counsel, my counsel, with or, or, ignorance? Surely I spoke about things I did not understand, things too wondrous for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. When I question you, you will inform me. I heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words, and I am sorry for them, and I am dust and ashes. And he goes on, um, and Job um, is there with his friends, and, and God says to his friends, he said, um, you know, I, Pretty much, I'm ashamed of what you said about me because they were untrue, and and I I want Job to to, to offer these burnt offerings for me as a sacrifice for what y'all have said because y'all are ignorant, and 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 he's gonna pray for you, and and after Job prays for them, God blesses him with everything that he had before times two. He had children. He had twice as much livestock. His family, his 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 riches, his wealth was all there times two, and God blessed him. 
A lot of times we go through these times in life and, and the pressing and the, and the crushing moments. And, and, and while we're sitting there, you know, it, it feels like it, it's, it's terrible. It's hurting. It's pain. It's like, God, why are you doing this to me? But when I'm in those times of need, I talked to you about my anxiety, anxiety stuff before. My life didn't turn around or my anxiety didn't really stop calming down until I found, got on my knees and, and stopped begging God to heal me and saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Job stopped praying for himself and stopped asking God to heal himself. He, he prayed for his friends, and that's when God answered him, and God returned his blessings and joy. A lot of times we got to stop focusing on ourselves, leave, leave ourselves out of it and saying, you know what, God, it's not about me. It's about who you are and your desires for my life. This last point says, the goodness in you is your desire to receive the greatness of God in your life. When, when, you, when, when you go to a grapevine, I'm going to use uh, Scubby Nine grapes as an example. There's some up here. Uh, Amber's uh, grandmother, Shirley, has a huge bush of them. And, and scubbydons are, are uh, uh, they're late bloomers, so they'll, they'll, they'll come out like towards the end of summer, fall, and, and they look really pretty for a while. But when they're pretty, they're not good. They're bitter, they're sour. Once they get to, to the point where they're, they're spotted on the outside, they're, uh, they're like a real dark golden color, there's brown spots all, of them, all over them. But when, when, you, you, when you burst it and it, you pop it into your mouth, it's, it's sweet, it's, it's juicy, it's all the goodness of what that grape should be. A lot of times us as, as Christians, or even as re- religious people, we, we're, we're, we come into church, or, or we, we even live our lives outside of, outside of church, trying to, to, to mask the hurt and the pain that we go through. We all encounter pain, we all encounter difficulties. And part of that is because we're born sinners and we're going to sin and we're going to make mistakes and, a lot, and we just put ourselves in situations that sometimes it feel like we can't get ourselves out of. But in these times, it's when God reminds us that we need more of him when our strength isn't, isn't what it needs to be or it's never going to amount to what God's strength is in our life. And just like these grapes... We may look pretty on the, outs- on the outside when we get around people. We come into church and, and, and sit in these seats, and they're like, wow, that family's got their stuff together. They love each other. Their kids are just so good. But when they get home, they're fighting, arguing. It's like, I'm done. I want a divorce. But then you have families who, who, who people know, wow, they, they, they're, they're struggling with this right now. I, 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 I didn't ask you this, but I hope you don't mind. I'm going to use Troy as an example, and he, he brought this to my attention the other day. He's, he's gone through a lot. He, his, his parents' house burnt down. His dad died. They've gone through several other stuff. Um, just He said it just feels like everything's just piling up, but it's all at the same time. But, but at the end of his conversation, he said, but, but I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to know that God is in control. Today, I want you to, to think about Job and, and his predicament in life. God allowed Satan to put all this turmoil on Job because God knew the heart that Job had. 
God's going to allow us to be put in certain situations that we feel like is the worst. We're, we're in the deepest hole. We're never going to survive this. But he knows where your heart is. He knows where you're at in your life. And you've got to trust and know that God's going to give you the power, the, the strength, and the will to stand up and get out of it and lead you out of it because he is so much greater than you can ever imagine. There may be some of you in here today who's, who's, who's like, you know what, I've never made that decision to follow Christ. So how is he going to help me out? I sat in this room with a girl two weeks ago. She, she's struggling going with some, through some stuff, and, and she could just come out and tell me, I haven't made a decision yet. I said, well, when you, when you say that you pray, what do you, what do you, who you, what do you pray to or what do you pray for? And she said, I just, I just want help. There comes a time in your life when you have to say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. And I told her this. I said, it, it, if you allow God to help you, you don't even have to do most of the work. You just have to admit that he is, he is God and his spirit will come inside you. It'll lift you up. And it'll get you excited about life. This morning as we close, I want you to take a look at your life. What, what, what's happened. What may be coming up in the next couple of weeks, in the future, in the next year. No matter what you go through in life, God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. It's it's not our plan because our plans most of the time end up in, in disasters or, or with problems. But just like Job, he trusted God and he allowed God to remind him of everything that's around him and his life is significant. We bow your heads for a minute. As I prepared over the past week or so and just just reading through Job and, and, and reading through um, notes and, and stuff that I've written down, it's it's been a, a kind of an eye-opening experience for me because there's there's many times in my life where um I can I can look around me and, and say, well, this isn't good enough or, you know, I'm not happy with this, the way this is going in my life. And and a lot of times I put this 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 plan or this thought in my mind that I'm supposed to be um at a certain place at a certain time in life. I'm supposed to have this much saved up in my in my savings account or for retirement or or whatever the situation may be. And I even told Amber the other day I said, what if I went back to school? I could make more money. We could live more comfortably. And she, di she didn't say a thing. She looked at me. She just looked at me. And then I said, but if I did that, then I'd have to wrestle with knowing that I, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. God has, God has plans for us. He has a desire for our life. And when life isn't going the way that it should be, it's not our moment to say, where are you at, God? 
It's, it's, it's a time for us to say, God, help me through this. God, show me what's next. Because sometimes when those mountains that are in front of us feel like they're just the biggest they've ever been, a lot of times all it is is a small hill, but the light's hitting it different. You've got to ask God to show, shine the light a little bit so that you know how to get there, or you know how to get up the hill. Or he can put you on his shoulders and carry you up the hill because he's got the strength to do it. As we sing this song, I want y'all to, um, to just pray and ask God, say, God, where in my life am I at? And what, what can I do to allow you to come in and, and change my life and form my life? And no matter what I'm going through in these crushing times, to see your will lived out in my life. How can the goodness in me be so great without you in, our, in my life? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you for, for the time that we get to spend together as we go through your word, God, as you speak to us. God, I know that the, it's, a, it's a common thing for us to go through times of hurt and pain and crushing. But God, I ask that you just in this time, God, no matter what we're going through, we can come to you. We can lay our, our, our problems, our lives down at your feet and say, God, I want to put you in control of, of my life. And I want to see your will brought to life through me so God prick our hearts let us give our lives to you and feel your presence as we worship you in your name we pray amen